Hey guys, welcome to a new episode of Sauce Up the Scary. Derek Zoo, Jeff Wright, back at you. Jeff, what's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm just killing it out here in Middle Tennessee. I have mastered the art of doing jack squat, and I'm trying to figure out how to monetize it. Yes. So as soon as I get that figured out, I'm taking over the world, baby. Yeah, just let me know, man. I'd like to ride your coattails. Yeah, I can teach. I can teach people how to do nothing. That'd be great. Can uh, can we restart the world, please? Pretty please. Yeah. Please. Just wash your hands, wear a mask. Wash your mask with your hands. I don't care what it takes. Yeah. 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 It's getting there. Slowly but surely. Yeah. It's getting We just need people to get on that that vaccine and treatment stuff. Let's do that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. that. That would be great. I mean, but otherwise, it's fine, man. School's wrapping up. Hopefully that means my schedule's coming back around to normalcy. I've enjoyed getting the extra time with my kids, but I will also enjoy sort of getting back on my normal routine. And summer's here. We got property to run around on out in the country, so things could be much worse. I am a blessed guy, and I should not be complaining. Way to pull out the good stuff, man. That's it. That's me. I'm a ray of sunshine. Everybody knows that about me. Sure. Um, It is nice to hear that, though. There's so much negativity going on in the world. It's always nice when somebody goes, you know what? Could be worse. And then you look at it and you go, yeah, you know what? It really could be worse. Right. We, uh, you know, I'm, it sucks to, uh, to be in Branson, Missouri, hundreds of miles away from, uh, friends and family, but you know, thank, thank God for modern technology and the gift of Skype and Wi-Fi, So you and I can continue to do this podcast, but also that we can continue to, uh, you know, keep in touch with stuff. So that's good. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm thankful for that too. Yeah. You know, we've all been leaning on zoom more than we ever expected to, but that's, <laughs> that's, it is a good thing to have. It, it's not a good thing that's pushing us to use it, but it's a good thing to have. Yeah. And Hey, look, Hollywood continues to churn out crappy horror movies for us to look at and go, dad, come it. <laughs> Speaking of which, this week we will be reviewing the 2020 cinematic masterpiece, Gretel and Hansel. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's the perfect description of the one I would use myself, cinematic masterpiece. <laughs> Directed by Frank Oz, I believe. I liked Oswald Cobblepot better. I think that's the one we go with. <laughs> yeah. Osgood Perkins is the gentleman's name. New owner of the Iceberg Lounge in Gotham City. <laughs> Oh man, I don't even want to talk about I don't even want to talk about Batman or Gotham City this week. Yeah, yeah, no comment. But sometimes you know, there's that old famous clip of uh, Denny. What was his name? He was the he was a longtime football coach, and he was he was coaching for the Arizona Cardinals. And he's like, they are who we thought they were. Batman's current uh, current cast is who we thought they were. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that is the best way to put it. That's um, all I got to say about that. It takes a sip of sweet tea. Yeah, I thought wasn't that Herm Edwards that said that? Or am I? I guess I'm thinking wrong. I think Herm Edwards. Yeah, he had a clip like that. I think his was like practice, and not the Iverson practice. I think his had something to do with practice. That sounds think, right. And I think it was Denny with the Cardinals, but I, who knows? I could be wrong. I live in a vortex of mysterious and obscure reality nowadays. So. <laughs> Who knows what is true? Yeah. To continue the vague gesturing that we're doing towards this Batman stuff, since neither one of us are ever really going to talk about it, can I tell you one of my favorite Christian Bale quotes? Yes. So on uh, the special features of Batman Begins, there's a documentary about the movie, and Christian Bale talks about the fact that he did The Machinist before coming to Batman and how he was skin and bones. I forget what he weighed, but it was the lower hundreds. Ribs sticking out level skinny. Yeah, for the machinist. Have you ever seen that movie? Yeah, buddy. I think that Crazy. was probably the first thing I ever saw from him. I didn't yeah. see American Psycho as soon as I should have. 
Reign of Fire was the first thing I saw of Christian Bales. Oh my! And you came back for yeah. more. That is not yeah. his. That was not his high water mark. No, it was definitely not his his uh, Oscar winning performance. But uh, anyway, he he immediately had to go into training for Batman, and he said that he just saw Batman as like this bear. So he wound up beefing up to I think it was like two hundred and forty pounds. Oh my! Uh, which was way too much for uh, <laughs> for the suit and everything. And he said that some of the techs saw him on like some of the stagehands and stuff saw him and they went oh come on chris what are we doing over here batman or fat man and i just thought that was the funniest thing you know i have never wanted to be famous or at least not in a long long time as a kid i'm sure i did but you know fame brings stuff with it that i'm just not into so i've never wanted to be particularly famous but i would like to be famous enough to get to the personal chef and trainer level yeah that that would be a dope level of famous if i could get just there and no more famous i may sign up for that yeah well i you know, I think before we hit record, I told you, like, if I'd have had this, the kind of resources that some of these guys like Camille and uh, Chris Evans, Chris Pratt stuff had, I'd be the biggest frigger you've seen in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're an athlete or an actor and that's like your steady gig, you know, I mean, that's where you make your money. I don't know. I don't know how you, uh, to me, it feels like staying sharp on, for me, what I'm studying, like sure. mastering the material, staying conversant with the discipline stuff like that. I just don't know how you're not honing your craft. I mean, I, I'm an NBA fan, so it's an easy set of analogies, but a guy who's done this perfectly is LeBron James. He knew his body was his instrument and he has spent the time and the, and the money to keep it in tip top shape and it's paid off for him. He's got this ex- incredibly long prime that just makes sense. Like that seems to be like how you would do it. Yeah. What do I know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Uh, before before we hang up today, Jeff, there's a list I want to talk to you about. It's probably not pertinent to this show, but there's a list I want to talk to you about, about uh, the greatest basketball players of all time. Get your opinion on it. Okay. Well, I'm happy to give that. I have, <laughs> surprise, surprise, I have strong opinions on the subject, but particularly <laughs> particularly NBA stuff. I can, I can yeah. wax, not eloquent, but lengthy anyway. Uh, Muggsy Bogues is number one on the list. Uh, shortest players to ever play in the Olympics. <laughs> I've picked the list. Still my favorite. Uh, yeah. So anyway. Is this how we avoid talking about Hansel and Gretel? I guess, It's Gretel and Hansel, sir. Sorry. That's yeah. another way I avoid talking about this movie. <laughs> so I tell you what, uh, since we are doing that, let's let's deviate a little bit and go into my favorite part of the show now. What you watching? What you watching? What you watching? Gotcha. What am I watching? Well, the Jordan documentary, speaking of NBA stuff. And I started Candyman again today because I I wanted some company in my quiet, lonely office. Mm -hmm. And I figured a homicidal urban legend would be the best uh, companion I could find on Netflix. Yeah, 110%. What else am I watching? Man, that's a bounty. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. I watched Waco with Christy, my wife. Mm -hmm. Have you watched that? Uh, A good friend of mine, very wise sage, posted on social media that people need to watch it. So I watched the first episode last night. And that's as far as I've gotten, but I'm hooked. Okay, I think it's a banger. Now, I think I have read, you know, I've told people on the podcast before, true crime. That's my jam. Uh, you know, I'm a I'm a limited government guy, so there's that issue. I'm a religious dude, so there's that issue. Like Waco is a convergence of multiple interests of mine. I think the the series is ultimately too gentle with David Koresh. I really do think he was a bad dude in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But that's about the only quibble based on my layman research on the Waco situation that I wouldn't say is pretty accurate. And uh, that series will get you about half hot, man. I'm sure. Yeah. 
Taylor Kitsch, too. I just, I didn't know. I, yeah, man. You know, Friday Night Gambit. Lights to Waco, Texas. Yeah. Normal. yeah, Gambit knocked it out of the park. It's true. I forgot about Gambit, yeah. Yeah, we all are trying to do that, so <laughs> it makes sense. You uh, let me know what you think, man. That may be something we could review, because it's, uh, yeah. it's close enough to scare yeah, I'm, I'm excited, man. There's there's only, what, six episodes on it? Is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. And, it, it, you know, that's sort of the thing, like the binge watch. I didn't know if it would rise to, like, I want to watch the next episode right away. But mm-hmm. by the time you get into the standoff, I was like, let's fire up the next one. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, Like I said, I watched the first episode last night and then... For some reason, had to turn it to watch something else. I forget what was what was so important, but uh, I plan on plan on going back to it tomorrow okay. when I've got some got some time to like really hone in and watch it. Um, it's not one of those things that I want to put on while I'm like writing or flipping through my phone or something. No, I agree. It's also not going to be the thing that like gets you excited and you know feeling hashtag blessed either. So <laughs> right, you got to be in the right place to watch that. Sure. What about you, man? What you watching, dude? I watched. Uh, we talked about this. I watched The Lodge, and I think uh, we're going to try to get you hooked up on that so maybe we can review it sometime in the not-so-distant future. Uh, but I put that on the Facebook page, and uh, several people, uh, because of that, I guess, watched it. And the consensus so far is that it's it's, it's perfectly acceptable horror, I think, is what the consensus is okay. on the Facebook group. Okay. Um, and I'll share my thoughts on it down the road when we're able to review it. Um then I watched yesterday a real easy series to watch. Um, Amazon just came out with this thing called Upload from uh, oh come on Greg Daniels. There it is. Mm. So I've seen uh, the banner ad, but that's as much as I know. Yeah, and I just took a chance on it. I, I didn't. This was before I saw your your uh, Waco thing, and uh, so I just took, I just put it on, took a chance on it, and I I enjoyed it. There's. 10 episodes, but they range from like 45 minutes to 24 minutes. So it was a quick, quick, easy, uh, maybe like four hours, <laughs> which I know sounds like a lot of time, but right now time is non-existent. So yeah, we got nothing but time, dude. Right. So that was, that was pretty decent. Um, it kind of made me mad because I think I sent you uh, this thing I'm working on, the uh, script that I'm kind of toying around with. And there were some, some, uh, crisscrossing with it. Mm. And I was like, Frigger, of course. But I think that my idea is uh, original enough that people wouldn't think, oh, he's just trying to screw over Greg Daniels. <laughs> yeah, okay. Hmm. But, uh, but yeah, it was it was decent, man. I enjoyed it, and they left it on a cliffhanger, so you know it'll come back for a season two. And of course, I mean Amazon's making hand over fist money right now, so why shouldn't they just why shouldn't they just uh, renew everything? And also, I watched season three. Finally, watched season three of the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. My wife's a big fan. I've never watched it with her, but she likes it. Yeah, uh, I wasn't as impressed with this season as I was hmm. the first two. Um, and I won't, I won't get all dorky and wax poetic about it, but if you want to know my reasons on it, feel free to, to get at me and I'll, I'll tell you, but Sterling K Brown's in it this season. So that was a, that was a plus. Sure. Sure. He's never the problem. You know, even no. if something's bad, it's not him. Yeah. And it wasn't even that it was bad. It was just, I, I don't, I mean, I can't really go into details about it without spoiling stuff. So I don't want to do that, but, uh, it just didn't reach the potential that I thought it, it had for the, the third season. Okay. Okay. And, uh, yeah, that's, I guess that's about it. Oh, I watched, uh, watched the Kimmy Schmidt, uh, interactive episode on Netflix today. Did not know such a thing existed. Yeah. So I I think it may have just come out like yesterday, but, uh, there's a, there's a new interactive episode of the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt where you get to decide what she does and how she does it. And 
and uh, it was pretty nice, you know, 80 minute distraction. So I feel like that premise is a setup for a Black Mirror episode, though. It was. Black Mirror did an episode like that. Really? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I forget the name of it, but yeah, it came out in 2019. Hmm. And you you were able to uh, Bandersnatch was the name of it. Okay. So it actually came out in 2018 at the end of 2018. No, no, I watched Bandersnatch. Yeah. I was just thinking about, you know, a young actress puts herself on the internet and says, hey, I'll do what you guys direct for this interactive episode. They're like, cool. You're about to rob a liquor store. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that would be a really cool Black Mirror episode. Write it, cut the check. Yeah, I still we need give away, PlayStation. We give away better ideas on here than Hollywood actually produces. Man, sometimes that's true. But uh, yeah, that's it for me, man. That's it for my what you watching. Video game time. I'm also getting in some video game time. Uh, it's no wonder I'm kind of in a funk. I'm just sitting on my couch watching stuff, helping my kids with homework and playing video games. I'm not exactly living my best life right now. <laughs> right. What's the video games you playing? NBA 2K. Did I mention I have yeah. strong NBA 2K or NBA <laughs> opinions? Uh, Red Dead Redemption or whatever it is now, Resurrection or Restoration. I don't know. Uh, my son is really into race cars, so we're playing Gran Turismo a little bit. Yeah, those three. Okay. Uh, I wish that we're playing video games. Mm, have they not sent you your PlayStation Four yet? They haven't. Come on now. Come on, man. Yeah. We gotta get in gear here. Yeah, you would think. You would think that they would, but they they haven't. So, tweet PlayStation, let them know what's going on. Oh, all right, man. Is it time for the main event? Should we I mean, should we? I don't know. I don't know. I think that people are going to be intrigued by this episode because I think I'm going to wind up being the horror uncle. Yeah, you're you're definitely eligible because I am not on this one. <laughs> I, I cannot get to that that level of optimism on this one. I can get optimistic about the coronavirus quarantine, but I can't get oh. optimistic about Gretel and Hansel. So let me just tell you where I'm at on that up front. See, that's the thing I like about it. I like the fact that the, we don't get dark Jeff much, but when we do, he's a lot of fun. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I want to spend time with him. Uh <laughs> But this movie, yeah, this movie is certainly an invitation to Dark Jeff. So anyway, yeah, let's pull the curtain, Derek. Good. Let the hate flow through you. <sighs> yes, sir. <laughs> Very possible. Yeah. Uh, well, before we get started, Wahlberg. What? No. Spoiler alert. My man. Well, that's going to get me in a good mood. All right. We're in Wahlberg territory, so let's spoil the crap out of this thing. Well, I mean, it's hard to spoil this movie much more than Oz Perkins did. <laughs> oh, man. That's good stuff. You really, you take the dumbest, uh, sorry, let me let me restart. Not the dumbest. You take the Come darkest. Yeah, you take the darkest of the grim fairy tales, and they are grim, and you turn it into a warmed over young lady coming of age story. Mm-hmm. Sprinkle in some really pretty scenes, and voila, we have a horror movie. Whatever, man. This is trite and tired. Uh, can I can I make a very, in my opinion, a very uh, genius proclamation right here? I mean, most of yours are, so yes, by all means. <laughs> that's, that's incredibly generous of you to say. The young teenage girl becoming a witch trope that has been found so many times in horror movies has really started to become the superhero um, backstory of the supernatural world. Yes, sir. That is a genius take. It, I wish I could remember that beer company from like the 2000s who had the two old-timey uh, hipster-looking dudes saying, genius, because that's exactly yeah. what that is. Yeah, it's just it's it's their origin story now. Like 
how many times have we seen it uh, on on different mediums, not just movies, but Sabrina the Teenage Witch, you know, took uh, took Melissa Joan Hart's uh, perky, lovable Sabrina and turned her into the little girl from Mad Men's, you know, <laughs> origin story of a romantic deal with the devil. I don't know if romantic's the right word, but. Uh, yeah, maybe in just, the literary feels, sense, yeah, I get you. Yeah, it just feels very played out by this point. Um, I definitely enjoyed this movie more than you did, but it never, there was never a point in it where I went, "Oh, that's original." Yeah, I, that's why your point's so genius. Like well, they've done this with the exorcism movies forever, right? Exorcism is going to be a one-to-one analogy for female pu- puberty, but now apparently becoming a witch and getting magic powers is also going to be a one-to-one metaphor that we just use all the time. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it's interesting and creative, like the first seven times maybe, and somebody's got a different take or whatnot. But by the time we got to Oswald Cobblepot here, I was like, yes, next. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Appreciate that. Talk to you next time. The power to nurture it can grow within you. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to fall asleep. Uh, so I, I've been told by uh, people who are smarter than myself that this movie pairs well with The Witch. Well, one, I don't believe those people exist. Uh, two, the I, I actually I feel like that's what's happening here. Like this is almost like fan fiction for The Witch. Hmm. It's just fan fiction. It's not The Witch. I don't yeah. think it. Here's what I would say. I don't think it pairs well with The Witch because Robert Eggers, on his worst day, see The Lighthouse is just so far above. Osgood Perkins or whatever his name is as a storyteller, I, I feel like if you have an immediate comparison, like if you watch The Witch, then you watch this, the disparity is going to be so glaring, it's going to hurt your stomach. So do you feel like that this is a case of, hey, mom, I want to go see The Witch. Well, we've already got The Witch at home. No, we don't. That's right on the Hansel. Yeah, it's something like that. It. Do you know what I mean by that, though? I feel like it's like multiplicity. They made a copy of a copy. Yeah. And something lost. Uh, I don't know. The What you're describing, I think, is what I think of with the asylum. You know, where the asylum's like, oh, paranormal activity's doing some business? Well, we've got paranormal entity. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, I see what you're doing, man. But I, I can kind of enjoy the asylum stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There was no point in, in Gretzel, Gretzel and Hansel or whatever that I... <laughs> Gritty and Hansy. <laughs> Gosh, I want to make a joke, but we stay out of politics. So I'm just I'm yeah. going to leave that alone. Uh, Everybody already knows where you want to go with it, though, yeah. just because of what you said. So let's all just on. have an assumed laugh together and move on. There was no point I even rose to the level of caring, <laughs> let alone wow. like being interested. Uh, gosh, this movie has wiped my mind. Sophia Lillis is that? <laughs> yes, that's the only yes, Sophia she's, Lillis. She's great. I just want to see yeah. her in a better movie. Yeah, like, and I, I like her character even. I like the little boy. I read mm-hmm. I read uh, several reviews trying to find an entry point into enjoying this movie. And, I, and several people were like, the little kid, the little boy sucks at line delivery. And I'm like, that's your criticism of this movie? <laughs> <laughs> the toddler couldn't <laughs> the toddler couldn't emote well enough? Cool, man. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And I mean, that kid's what, like five or six years old? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he did what I needed him to do. He went and whacked sticks. He peed on some trees and he looked small. Wait, that, I'm good. That That's not the criticism of this movie. Uh, right. The criticism of this movie is we've seen a better version of it at least three times. And I'm good. I don't need to see more. Like, I would rather watch The Blair Witch again. I know that's going to drive people up the wall, but at least there was a time when I thought of The Blair Witch as something interesting. Yeah. This is 
This is the later career of the Wicked Witch of the West. <laughs> Whatever, man. I'm, I'm in a dark place. I guess I'm in her. I'm in her gingerbread house. That's where I'm at. You are. She's she's ready to put you in the oven, my man. Yeah. Well, let me. So you're the horror uncle in here. Tell me. Tell me what I'm being too critical about. Because I want to love. I want to love. I don't want to hate. I I think for me. It come. It came at a time where I had seen a lot of really god awful stuff. Yeah, and great. it wasn't for me. It wasn't uh, bad enough where I was like, "Oh, for the love of God, why? Why did I spend money on this?" It was oh, okay. This isn't the best movie I've ever seen, but I think that I enjoyed Sophia Lillis enough in the role that she she plays in this. That the things that you're bringing to light right now really didn't bother me as much. Um, I mean, they bothered me like. This movie is really 90 minutes of nothing. Oh, amen. <laughs> Absolutely, sir. But I, I I, was excited to see where this thing would go with Sophia Lillis' kid, with the Gretel. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess I got really disappointed at the fact that they went to the well <laughs> – you know, instead of instead of uh, trying to be original or trying to try to do something different, it was just oh nope, she's a witch now. Yes, uh, so that was that was really disappointing. Remind me to talk about the ending of this movie because that was the one point in the film where I was like, hey hey hey, I might I might enjoy this after all. And then they yeah, well, let's just talk about it. Well, I just feel like it's such a it's such a lame choice. To set you up for the happy ending, the, you know this young lady has basically overcome the witch, mm-hmm. and these children's spirits are free to go, and her, you know, her brother's off to live a better life than he's enjoyed so far, and she's even going to kind of take what was meant for evil and use it for good, and then end it with those black soot fingers growing over her, leaving her looking confused. I just give me an ending, man. Either tell me, oh, she's taking up the witch's mantle. She's decided, you know, she wants to live deliciously. Or she's going to be the good witch in the woods. I'll take either one of those. Yeah. Don't throw them both in a blender and then fade to black. Yeah. I, I guess I looked at that as, um, uh, no, you're right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was, no, no, you're fine. I was I was trying to make an argument, but I mean, we, we really are in lockstep on that. Uh, maybe I'm not going to be the horror uncle in this because the more I think about it, the more I'm not. I'm not a fan of it. Yeah. So Um, here's the thing. I didn't realize that this guy was the guy who made the black coat's daughter and I'm the pretty thing that lives in the house. I didn't realize that either. Yeah. So when I hit play, none of that was on my radar. But this movie has convinced me his movies just aren't for me. Uh, I can say for sure that he makes a beautiful movie. Mm -hmm. And that's where he gets closest to Eggers. Uh, he's also on that front, and he deserves to be talked about with Ari Aster, right? Mm-hmm. But the problem is, for my criticism of Eggers, I don't think Edgar Eggers bats a thousand. I didn't like The Lighthouse. Right. But Eggers more regularly gives me something beyond just the visuals. So trying to figure out, let me, let me roll this over to you. I'm going to give you an analogy. Trying to figure out why... I should like this movie when I when I didn't in a visceral sense. I, I'm just reading reviews from people I respect, so I'm plowing through a ton of different reviews. And there's there's multiple reviewers out there who are like, you know, this isn't going to be this isn't going to be popular with your average horror fan. And I'm like, I guess I'm an average horror fan then. But they they also consistently said rather than using narrative, Perkins or whatever his name is, leans on atmosphere and imagery to 
to present his movie or, or, or to build tension or whatever they were saying, right? But the idea is mm-hmm. everybody kind of, even the people who were happy about this movie, recognize what you just said. It's 90 minutes of nothing as a story. Yeah. And I have never sat down to a movie hoping that I would see the master class in presenting a witch's hut in the woods. That's just not what I come to a movie for. Mm-hmm. So what I feel like he is, I think Osgood Perkins is the guy who creates food for food advertisements. Like where he makes the hamburger look like the most delicious thing you'll ever eat. But when you actually realize, like when they cut the they cut the film on the commercial and you realize, oh no, that thing is propped up with like toothpicks and the meat's not actually cooked. They just sprayed it down with water and that's not actually a piece of cheese. It's a piece of plastic that was crafted to look like melted cheese. And you're like, well, I guess I don't want to eat that because the primary experience I want to have with food is not visual. Hmm. My wife one time, I mean, we've joked on here before, pizza's my love language. I may have told this story before. My wife was in Italy uh, and she's like, honey, I had the best pizza I've ever had in my life today. And I was like, well, that's great. I'm not over here resenting you being in Italy while I'm at home. <laughs> this makes it much better. And she said, I took a bunch of pictures of it for you. Oh. And I was like, honey, I mean, I love you and I appreciate that. And visuals are important to food, like presentation matters. But the experience of pizza, I, I'm not going to look at sh- snapshots of pizza. That's how I love pizza. Right. And I told her, I said, well, there was a beautiful sunset today, and I recorded it for you uh, on my phone. You can listen to it for like 30 minutes. <laughs> and I, I mean it much more lighthearted than I'm saying now. But like, you, you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. he, he went for the wrong, he majors on the wrong part of a movie. Like, when you've got a great story, the visuals can take it up to top shelf. But if you just concentrate on the visuals and pretend like the story doesn't matter, you've missed the entire point. And, and honestly, you know who it makes me think of? It makes me think Could, of Ari Aster. Yeah. I was afraid you were going to say that. It's beautiful. It, it really yeah. is legitimately beautiful. It is. And the story sucks. And if, I, I mean, I get movies are a visual medium, and I promise I will quit ranting at some point here, but they're not only a visual medium, you know? Mm. So, uh, I just kept waiting for something to happen around all this beautiful stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I really do wish that I could say you're wrong. And I really, I really did want to come into this with a horror uncle attitude about it. But honestly, you're saying all the stuff that I was thinking. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. For some reason, I, I still walked away going, oh, okay, that wasn't bad. You know, it may be because we watched Mary. You know, that. That's a good point, because that movie was garbage. Yeah, Mary was not lovely to look at, and it was not well told. Like, Mary, other than Gary Oldman just being there, doesn't really have any merit. Yeah. And I, I'll give you, man, this guy made a beautiful movie. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it definitely does have that going for it. And maybe Mary is just enough, enough of a empty husk that whatever comes along next, you're like, oh, no, that was okay. It's like the girl who dated an abusive boyfriend. And the next guy comes along and her friends are like, yeah, he's fine. She's like, no, he's the best ever because yeah. he's not a scumbag who's stealing her money and, you know, chewing her out every day. I also enjoyed the three principal actors in the movie. You know, That's I know we've fair. already talked about Sophia Lillis, but uh, Samuel Leakey, uh, the little boy, and then um, Alice Cridge or Cridge. I'm not real sure how to pronounce that. I apologize. Is she the um, one who played the witch? Yes. Okay. Yeah, uh, I thought that I, I really thought that the back and forth between her and Sophia Lillis really made the the movie uh, for sure. She's yeah, I have no criticisms for her. 
I thought that they, I thought that even, even as you know where the thing's going, I thought that what they were doing with it, uh, just there back and forth with one another was really well done. And you're right. I mean, the movie is gorgeous, but it was one of those things where it's the phone test, right? Like, oh, I'm going to sit here and watch this movie. Okay. I'm five minutes in. Okay. I'm 10 minutes in. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to scroll Facebook for a little bit. Oh, okay. There's something I'm back in. Nope. I'm going to go back to Twitter. Oh, that's really cool. Ah, okay. I'm getting bored again. I'm going to go back to, I'm going to scroll Instagram or whatever. What? The movie's over. Well, okay. I guess it wasn't that bad. <laughs> yeah. I, that's funny you mention it because there were a couple times where my, my attention had wandered and something would come up in the plot and I would be like, oh, I missed something. You know, shame mm-hmm. on me and kind of mentally slap myself on the wrist, rewind a little bit. And I'm like, eh, no, I didn't. I didn't miss anything. Yeah. I just made myself go back through this. I probably turned, what was this movie, like an hour and a half? I think so. I probably turned it into an hour and 45, hour and 50 because I would rewind expecting there to be something. And I'm like, nah, there's just a hole in the ground. And when she pukes in it, something transforms in her. Uh, okay. Yeah. Reasons. Another question I've got for you, because again, I saw this and I just thought, holy cow, this guy's checked out on telling a movie, uh, a movie story. Guinness beer, by the way. Guinness beer? Was the brilliant genius. There you go. Yeah. Best part of the episode, being reminded of that. I just, I it's been bothering me the whole time. I'm glad you did that. That's good. Um, did you notice that they switched accents on the regular, even within yeah, characters? Yeah, yeah, I didn't notice that. And a couple of reviewers are like, you know, he's even having them switch accents. And I'm like, are we sure? It, I, I'm I'm assuming, because this is an art house movie, and he clearly is a craftsman. I'm assuming he has a reason for that, but I would just like to hear it before I assumed. It's not just the same thing that happens with bad movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it, it triggered my PTSD for Doolittle. <laughs> well, yeah. the theory I'm going to try to give him is that this is a fairy tale and he's trying to point out that this doesn't exist in the real world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still want it to be internally consistent. Yeah. And the accents don't help me feel like there's an internal consistency here. Sure. I feel like this is like the best made student film from USC, uh, you know, their film Berkeley. school. Yeah. Yeah. And somebody gave him a huge budget and he's yeah. really good at what he does, but there, it, there's just not enough there. There. Yeah. I mean, dude, I, I wish that um, I hate these episodes because I wish that there was something I could pull back on and be like, well, what about this? Or what about this? But honestly, everything you're saying, I agree with. Yeah. I mean, the makeup was good uh, to the point about his visuals. You yeah. know, the, the witch and her makeup was great. I thought the scene of like the, <laughs> I don't know why, a witch in whatever part of medieval Europe this is has a basement with a downspout in it that was ripped off somebody's house or, you know, bought at Lowe's. Mm-hmm. But when the like blood black goop pulls on the floor and the woman emerges out of it, like that's a really cool visual. Yes. Uh, on the negative, were, was there at any point were you scared? Oh, Lord, no. I think the closest I came to being scared was when the zombie comes in the house where they're sleeping and yells at them. Yeah. Because like somebody just yelling when everything else is quiet, you know, like my wife has woken up with nightmares or my kids have, you know, if you're in a pitch black silent house and somebody just starts screaming, that's kind of scary. Mm-hmm. But I don't understand why there's zombies in this world. Why, where did that guy yeah. come from? And when he gets shot through the head, again, I guess it's supposed to tell me it's a surreal, you know, fantasy we're playing with. But like, why does the arrow go clean through his head with no gore and there's smoke coming out of the hole? Right. These aren't the questions I should be asking. <laughs> yeah. 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 Also, where did the huntsman go? Yeah, and why is he such a good dude? 
Until he just turns the kids out to go starve to death in the woods. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I get it. They're like, oh, this is an element from the fairy tale, so we're going to incorporate it. But again, I need some internal consistency. If he's a good enough dude to be like, not just I'll save you, but you need to be careful. You're a young lady in a dangerous world. Take care in this way. He's also not going to turn them out to starve to death on the walk. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was cool when she turned into a Jedi and could use the force yeah. to move the witch's sticker. I kind of feel like the witch should have seen that move coming, though. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. She, like, right before she walks over there to, I guess, watch the boy climb up to his roasting cage, she, like, conspicuously puts the crooked stick right in front of this young lady who she knows has powers and, uh, you know, is not going to be down to watch her little brother get roasted. It, well, maybe that was the last step in the in the maturation. Maybe, maybe. But did you get the sense that this witch was like looking to check out? No, no. But it did feel like that she was, I mean, obviously she was grooming Gretel to be, you know, a witch. And and maybe that's how it is. Maybe there has there. Maybe it's a Highlander situation. (laughs) Maybe. But, you know, I I just assume natural preservation is going to be a motivating factor for a character who ate her kids in order to get dark powers. Right. You know, even with the rise of Skywalker, Palpatine wants to unite with his granddaughter, as gross as that is. Like he wants, he has an end game that is profitable to him in some sense. Right. The the witch being like, you know what you could do? You could use that crooked stick to pin me to this wall and cook me. I, okay. What? Why? Why? Yeah. To die in the satisfaction of knowing she corrupted this innocent thing? Well, great. Enjoy that while you're cooking and... <laughs> then what? I, I don't know. It's yeah. just, I can't get there. It's that you're probably right. I just, I look at that. And I'm like, ah, that doesn't rise to the level of anything it, yeah. for me as a viewer. I'm not saying nobody, nobody else will resonate with that. I just, I get going for the visuals, man, but just give me some skeleton of a story. That's not hackneyed, rehashed and threadbare. Sure. Also, I think it's okay to, to dumb things down every once in a while and explain situations like that, right? Like, if that's what he's going for, then say it. Strike me down. Take my powers. <laughs> yes, yes. You know? Yep. I'll live Be- on because, as your familiar uh, or whatever. Yeah, because otherwise you get situations like this where two dudes are debating about what the what it meant. Yeah, and who like are leaned in to trying to enjoy horror movies. I'm not I'm right. not an enemy of the genre. I think I've got I think I can demonstrate that. I want to like this stuff, but you just didn't yeah. give me enough to work with, man. Yeah. Maybe maybe I would have liked this movie better if it came out before The Witch and Midsummer and Sure. You know, countless other movies. <laughs> yeah, hereditary and Yeah, like on the evolutionary Sabrina chart. the teenage witch. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you know, we're we're like to the upright homo erectus on the on the evolutionary chart with this theme of like uh feminine puberty is sinister, you know, or whatever, mm-hmm. subverting that. If this were the single cell organism at the far left of the chart emerging out of the sea, maybe I would like this movie. I just <laughs> we're, we're too far past that point. <laughs> Uh, I've never heard a better backhanded compliment than that right there. <laughs> I'm straining, dude, because as you as, as, as you've it. noted, I I try to be positive about horror movies. Yeah, this one did not give me that option. As far as the single celled amoeba lurching to the barnacles of the <laughs> sea, I think this isn't a bad movie <laughs> compared to precognizant life. This is not a bad <laughs> film. Uh, all all the beauty of the set. The uh, the imagery, Sophia Lillis's performance, all that just is squandered. And I, Hollywood has people who you can pay to write stuff for you. 
you know, you handle the the visual beauty stuff, uh, Mister Osgood. Mm-hmm. Do that, man. Hire a writer. And, and well, I mean, this was we're going to flesh this out. I mean, this was written by Rob Hayes, uh, so Oz didn't write it. He was just the director. Well, then I'm going to have a beef with Mr. Hayes as well, and I'm going to tell Mr. Director. I mean, if you read the if you read the plot and it's eight pages total, and all you're thinking, all you're doing is like doodling the cool looking triangle house around the page. I don't know. Go back to the to the writers' union and be like, let's take another run at this. I want to get another opinion. Yeah. Um, it looks like this is Rob Hayes' first like big movie. Um, he did a looks like he did a TV show or some kind of some kind of serial show in the UK called Chewing Gum that lasted for a couple seasons. Um, looks like it was more of a mature adult like teenager type of deal. Um, On the CW and he, this fall, yeah, <laughs> Degrassi. <laughs> Uh, Degrassi meets the wire. Uh, he did a short called Immaculate Heart set in rural Ireland. Um, he did another short called New Gods in 2016. Uh, and then he did, did another short called. I'm sorry, say that again. Did anyone tell Neil Gaiman? Because American Gods uh, is good, at least the book. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so it looks like he did a bunch of shorts and a. And a long. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's a long. A bunch of, sh- bunch of shorts, a long, and a, a teenagers acting like adults series in, in the UK. Well, that sounds like the genetic mix of this movie, right? Uh, yeah. Coming of age, it's a basically, you know, has enough plot for a short, but they stretch it out into an hour and a half. Uh, yeah. This makes sense. So maybe that's why Perkins got the job, right? Is they're like, hey, this movie's going to be god awful, but if you can put a bunch of, <laughs> if you if you can get halfway decent performances out of your leads and have a beautiful set, then maybe we can make some money off of it. Yeah, and I'm assuming there's going to be an audience for this movie, you know, because sure. if you are a visual creator, you're going to marvel at this. It it really is great in that sense. But as a guy who's not primarily concerned about visuals, although I definitely think they're important. It's just going to leave me wanting more. Yeah. I feel like I was on the cusp of something interesting or frightening happening like three or four times, and it just goes away. Yeah. Um, Well, despite how we feel, here's the bottom line on it. Uh, This movie was made on a $5 million budget, estimated. Uh, It opened up with uh, $6.1 million at the domestic box office. Okay. Uh, Its worldwide gross is $21.2 million. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. you know, maybe a lot of people went into it with good expectations, like I feel like the both of us did, but it quadrupled its money. So there's an audience there. Sure. They made their money sure. and more power to them. Yeah. Uh, Osgood will get to make another film, and that's great. I just, it, it's probably not going to be one I watch. Yeah. And of course, there's another aspect to it as well. It's a PG 13 movie. It came out uh, at the end of January of this year. Um, you know, you and I have talked about how most horror movies come out in January and Fe- or most movies in general that come out in January and February are throwaways. Um, this is probably a movie that a bunch of teenagers went to see because they thought they were going to get scared. Um, so on the grand scheme of things, man, maybe this just isn't a movie that's aimed for you and I. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's likely. And I don't want the movie to flop. I'm I'm thankful that they made some money. Sure. He clearly has the visual skills to to earn another chance. So, yeah, maybe the next one will be better. I'll just have to I'll have to hear from people I trust telling me, no, you really need to give this guy another chance before before I watch it. You know, yeah. with the with the three that he has 
on his resume right now. It's a it's a you know fool me once kind of situation, and I'm not going to be fooled for the fourth time. Sure. Yeah. Well, as uh, melancholy as that is to end it, I think that's. I mean, for me, I'm I, I don't have much else to say about it. So. Yeah. Yeah, we've. <laughs> we've we've done everything we can to wring everything there is to talk about out of this movie. Once yeah. you get past it's pretty, I don't I don't know what else there is to say. Yeah. You know, it's funny too because that's what a lot of the IMDb reviews have and of course IMDb reviews aren't anything. They're people just like us with opinions, but um a lot of these people that are giving it like twos, threes, and fours are saying like it's a gorgeously, it's gorgeously shot. If gorgeously mm-hmm. is a word, it is um, now. It's beautiful. Oh yeah, it's beautifully shot. It's a gorgeous movie, but um, besides that, there's not much substance to it. And uh, I, I think I would push back just a little bit on that. I think again, uh, as somebody who takes performances uh, as a big, you know, a big thing in his enjoyment of movies, I think that Sophia Lillis puts it over for me because I thought that she did a really great job as did the, the lady playing the witch. Um, so I would add that to it. But besides that, man, there's really, there's really not too much more to talk about, I guess, in a positive sense. Yeah. Yeah. It almost seems like a really well done proof of concept to me where they're like, you know what? We could make a really great witch movie. Check out this again, proof of concept that we made. And I just, I would like to wait for the better movie. Yeah. Well, Jeff, uh, on a scale of one to ten, where would you rank Gretel and Hansel? Uh, I'm going to give this one a three point five because it is that pretty and Sophia Lillis is good. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, the witch, she probably is, too. I just she didn't grab me the way Sophia Lillis does. I think Sophia Lillis is going to own the future. Her and uh, Millie Bobby Brown can just duke it out for, you know, uh, top actress. Um, And if, if people wanted to be like, you know. If I run into someone who's like, horror movies are all garbage, you know, it's genre films are a joke. I'm, I really might point them to this and say, it's not going to grab you as a narrative, but look how look at how lush this world is this guy built. Mm-hmm. I just don't ever want to see it again. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm at 3.5. Yeah. I'll quit, I'll quit okay. harping on it. Uh, I think I'll actually go a point higher than that. I'll go four and a half. Okay. Uh, just based off of everything that you said, Sophia, and the 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 beauty of the movie, but then also, I really did enjoy uh, the the back and forth with her and the witch. Uh, and again, like I said, I I feel like I enjoyed this movie a lot more than what's what's being led on. But I, I, there's nothing that I can refute from what you're saying negatively about it. So uh, I, I think it's a one and done for me. I don't. I'm not upset that I paid money for it. I'm not upset that I watched it, but I don't think I'll ever have to watch it again. Yeah, okay. Well, the surprise is going to come at, at this next question. Did we see something scary? Uh, for me, no. I got a jolt of fear when the guy came in the room and screamed. So yeah. I'm going to say yes. There you go. The horror uncle is trying here, y'all. The horror uncle lives again. Mm-hmm. I uh, I knew I should have fixed myself a margarita before we started, and now I'm disappointed that I didn't. <laughs> So that's always the right move. Yeah. So I'll just, I'll get sloshed before the next one. <laughs> you could do a drinking game with this movie and you just take a shot every time their accent changes. <laughs> yeah, that's like last week with Mary where <laughs> we're trying to, trying to get a drinking game going on that one too. Say my proper name. I've forgotten what it is. Say it one more time. <laughs> Maybe we just change the name of the show from sauce of the scary to scary movies and drinks. <laughs> It's going to be hard for the Baptist preacher over here to pull that one off. (laughs) Well, you'll do the scary movie stuff. I'll just drink. I'm getting blitzed on Arnold Palmer's over here. Like, (laughs) Jeffrey, drunk? No, but I am full-blown diabetic. (laughs) 
Well, guys, Jeff's in a sugar coma, so that's going to do it for this week's episode of Scary Movies and Drinks. Send, send Derek a PlayStation and Jeff insulin. <laughs> uh, also, maybe Derek a new liver. Uh, <laughs> I'll get a pancreas, you get a liver. <laughs> perfect. I'll get insulin, you get the PlayStation. This is this. It's done. We've figured yeah. it out. Pancreas, PlayStations. It's good stuff, man. I like it. Uh, speaking of pancreases and PlayStations, if you would like to, <laughs> if you'd like to support us monetarily <laughs> and make this podcast the best that it can be, you can go to patreon.com forward slash scary podcast. Uh, there are four different tiers for you to join up and be a part of. And uh, I believe the $3 tier starts you with our bonus episodes. Uh, last month's bonus episode, Jeff and I went back and did some watch alongs on, uh, two of our favorite episodes of, are you afraid of the dark? And uh, Jeff's got Jeff and I have uh, a couple different things that we're thinking about doing for this month as well. And those are Patreon exclusive. So that's the only way you're going to get it. I think didn't we do did we do Midsummer? Was that our was our Patreon review? Was that a Patreon review for Midsummer or did we let that on? Yeah, I know Parasite was. It may have eventually made it onto the main feed, but I think it started off and was Patreon exclusive for a long time. Yeah. Um, our better review of Get Out is on Patreon. I do know that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because the first one was right after we watched it, and I just fanboyed the entire time. <laughs> Those were good days back when, yeah, you know, back when I could move freely in society, eat at restaurants <laughs> I liked, and horror movie could find horror movies I liked. That's good. Those were good days. Those were good days. Also, when we just went word by word through the plot of the movie, yes. <laughs> and then guys, really listen, they opened the door. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Yeah. So patreon.com forward slash scary podcast. Hop on there. Be a part of the, the shizzo. Um, of course, we would love for you to rate. Re- my goodness. Excuse me. We would love for you to rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, wherever you're getting your podcast. Uh, those five-star reviews are very coveted on Apple Podcasts, so we would appreciate if you would do that. And then, of course, if you're not in the Facebook group, We Saw Something Scary, you're missing a heck of a lot of horror trivia because that's going down every Saturday night right now. And what else you got to do? So head on over to Facebook.com. Uh, go to the <laughs> go to. The <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I bought myself just being old saying Facebook.com. Uh, <laughs> go to HTTP. <laughs> uh, go to Facebook. Go to the groups. We saw, the, we saw something scary. Hit join. And before too long, you'll be a part of the madness. I think actually, Jeff, we had somebody join today. So sweet. Welcome to that new person. And uh, we appreciate you guys. We appreciate you guys listening. We appreciate you guys uh, being a part of the family. And uh, sorry that this week's episode wasn't the most uh, joyous, but sometimes it'd be that way. Uh, What are we doing next week? Body bags, right? Oh, good. John Carpenter. Please save us, John. Please, John. I'm so dependent upon John. Yeah, the Carpenter Anthology, Body Bags. That's what we're going to do next week. And then maybe the week after we do The Lodge, you think, Jeff? Yeah, buddy. Okay. And then from there, I promise you, we're going to start the Paranormal Activity stuff. So (laughs) What we need to do is release the good Paranormal Activity movie review on Mm -hmm. the regular feed and then put all the stuff of us just cracking on the movie on Patreon. Yeah. That way people, you know, if you love the snark side of us, you can go in there listen to that yeah if you enjoyed mary last week maybe we should just maybe we should just do patreon uh, watch alongs yeah, just bag on the horribleness that that poor franchise became yeah because there's goodness. a lot to work with there yeah yeah for sure i think the first two were uh pretty decent and then after that it just kind of goes from there but we'll get into it i promise i know a lot of people wanted us to do it last year and uh, life got in the way so we'll do it uh, we'll do it this summer while there's no life to be had 
it's a fair trade. Uh, till next week, he's right, Jeff. I'm at Derek Zoo, and uh, we're out of time. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you guys back here next week. But in the meantime and in between time, stay away from clowns and sewers, white people with teacups, and blind men with turkey basters. We'll see you guys back here next week. Bye-bye, man.